Don is going to speak uh, on, I believe the topic is generosity. And uh, I wanted to just share something. Um, my, uh, my son had reminded me of a book by Richard Starnes, if I said that right, called The Hole in Our Gospel. He's the president of World Vision. And um, he had a lot to say about Christians and their money in that book. But this was an observation he made, which means it, which kind of reinforces why we're dealing with this topic this morning. The Bible devotes twice as many verses to money as it does to faith and prayer combined. The Bible devotes twice as many verses to money as it does to faith and prayer combined. And fully 15% of Jesus' recorded words dealt with money, more than he said about heaven and hell combined. I thought that was an interesting take, uh, which makes this a very timely and important topic as we talk about belonging to Otter Creek. Uh, I don't know if everyone knows Don. He is uh, one of our veteran, respected, go-to elders. I think Don has got the unique status of having, if I'm right about this, having served as an elder in the same church in San Antonio with Eric Livingston and with Mike Runcy in St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. So, isn't that interesting? Sam Beasley. Uh, Sam Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. So, uh, but Mike was at that church, right? Mike was in St. Louis. Yeah. 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 And you, you were there at the same time. And so, Alan Kelly and I both served there. So, uh, Don's got wonderful experience as a shepherd all over the place. So, uh, Don's very close to the finances and economics of Otter Creek, which makes him really perfect for today. So, Don. Uh, but no pressure. We all own record. Eric has asked. Oh, okay, that's that great. That's great. Full disclosure. <laughs> so that's great. We'll we'll record this. This is uh, this is good. So how many are your visitors? Not your first time that you're visiting. Okay. One. Okay. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the finances and a little bit about Otter Creek specifically. So that might be new to some of you. May not be new. We'll give you some updated information about that. We're going to talk about uh, giving. Um, we're not going to be talking like Ken Switzer did several years ago. Uh, and they all are closed. Ken Switzer volunteered to get his time and his services to watch ESPN with people. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but we are going to talk about uh, the young man who went to the, uh, to the preacher who was talking about giving and uh, how important it was to be generous. And all the references in the Bible, 250 in the references to, uh, to, to giving in the Gospels. Tremendous amount of words about giving, and the young man had heard this, and, and he went to the to the uh, preacher, and he said, "I am going to tithe. I heard your lessons, and I understand tithing, and I'm going to tithe." And he made ten thousand dollars, and so he gave a thousand dollars to the to the church, and then he made a hundred thousand dollars, and he gave ten thousand dollars to the church, and then he made a million dollars, and he gave a hundred thousand dollars to the church. And then he made $6 million. He went back to the preacher. He said, I just can't do this anymore. That's a lot of money. I really can't tie it. And the preacher said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pray, pray for you. And so he prayed. The young man said, well, well, well tell me, what, what, did, what did you pray for? He said, well, 
I prayed that you would go back and make $10,000 and give us $1,000 for the church. <laughs> so generosity, that's what we're going to talk about. And, and uh, years ago, we, we talked about this subject in, in one of those other churches that we talked about. And there was a lady who said, I'm, I, I, I do tithe. I want everybody to know that you know, I, I tithe, but it's not to the church. And we're going to talk about more about tithing to the church a little bit more about that today and why we do that and what goes on. Belonging to the family. And thanks so much to Kevin for what a great job. Kevin, we're going to build a little bit on what you, you did last week. What does it mean to be generous to you? This is, we moved in here so we don't have to compete with the, uh, whatever that was, the noise, the, the band. Um, when I went up there yesterday, uh, last week, to talk to them about quieting down a little bit, they said, we haven't got started yet. <laughs> so we don't have to compete here. So I want your feedback. What does this mean to you, generosity? What does it mean to you? Okay, good, good. Without being forced to do something, right? Okay. Without regret. Good. Without regret. Regret. Almost joy. Almost joy. Okay. Or maybe the sure is joy. I'll, I'll give an example. Okay. Because I can't come up with a short word for it. Um, several years ago, a friend of mine made a blog where she gave ten dollars every day to a different person or charity, and so every day for the year. And um, that sounded like such a good idea. I did it for the second year. And one of the best benefits that I got from that was when I would like go to the grocery store and said, would you like to round that up? Or would you like to add a dollar for this charity or that charity? Being able to go, you know, I'm just going to give you 10 because I need to give $10 to somebody today. And this takes care of what I'm supposed to do. And that was one of the most freeing things that I've ever done because I didn't have to come up with some excuse to tell them no. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Anybody else? We're gonna talk some stories about generosity in a minute. Some other people that have been generous in, in the past. If you think of something you wanna share, look, look, uh, does someone read this to us? If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks very much. Kind of builds on what you were talking about last week. People gathering together and helping others in need when they're, when they're needed. And you can think of this as happening. You can, you can actually probably in your own mind Think of stories where this has happened, especially uh, out in where you are in the mission field. This happens more often maybe than some of the other places, don't you think, Steve? Where yeah. people gather together and help the poor and helping other people in need. Okay. Let's look at another scripture. Look at someone read this in Matthew. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the men uh, in our church family retired not long ago. And one Sunday morning, he walked up to me and he said, I'm having trouble. I feel like I'm building silos, and I, I have a problem. I'm having this problem. I'm storing up things 
for retirement. Because what do we do? How many of you have savings accounts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have savings accounts. Well, the church, Otter Creek, and most churches, they don't have savings accounts. You know, it's, as contributions come in, they go out. Now, there may be a little cash, but it's not in savings account, not earning interest. It's only to pay the bills, right? So there's no savings account. But yet, we all have savings account, 401ks, uh, just general, probably earning very little right now, but we have savings accounts, you know. And, and this is talked about. This man said, I'm having problems. I'm having this problem, and I don't know what to do. And we talked through some of those things. I'm sure none of you have that issue. No one has that issue here. Store up. Store up. We, we, we have this fear, don't we? We run out of money. I know my mother had this fear. She was, wasn't real sure. Wasn't real sure. She lived to be 95, so it took a while. <laughs> okay, someone read this one for us. Since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Thanks very much. Excel in the grace of giving. How do we excel in the grace of giving? How do we do that? Humility. I'm sorry? Humility. Humility? Yeah, good. You do it. Yeah, you just do it. You just do it. You just do it. Sometimes we see others. Okay, we see someone else doing something at North Atlanta. Probably some of you've heard about this several years ago at North Atlanta Church of Christ. Um, uh, a man came to uh, Don McLaughlin, uh, the pulpit minister there, and said, uh, Mr. Don, I would like to give uh, the church a million dollars. And here's what I want to do. I want to give it to every member. Everybody, everybody, actually, everybody that was there that Sunday, that sun, this Sunday, whatever the Sunday is, I want to give everybody money of this million dollars. I want to pass the whole million dollars out to all the members and all the people in attendance. And I want them to go and use it for good, do good in the community, whatever, whatever they choice, choice do. And that's not only men and women, that's children. I want to give children and families money. So each individual got a sum of money and each child got a sum of money to distribute. And, and they were setting up this process to do this, the way it was going to be done and how it was going to be handled and how he was going to do his generosity. He said, the Lord has blessed me in my business and I want to do this. And they were getting ready to, to move towards the date for this. And, and the man called uh, uh, Mr. McLaughlin and said, uh, I need to see you. I need to see you. So he went to visit him, and the man said, you know, uh, since I talked to you the last several months, uh, the economy has gone down, and my business is in serious trouble. And Mr. Lockwood said, hmm, I think we're going to have a problem here, because this is not, he's not going to be able to do this. And the man said, I thought and prayed and prayed and prayed about this, and I'm going to go on faith. I'm going to give the church a million and a half, even though my business is. Not, and we'll figure out how to deal with that later. So he gave the church a million and a half, and they passed the money out. And to this day, you still hear stories of people when it was all over, and people had distributed the money to, to the various uh, people and individuals that they would meet. Some went on the street looking for people to distribute the funds to. Uh, but after that was all done, you heard all the stories that people would get up in class like this, and they would tell the story of what, who they met 
and how they did this and what could. And to this day, those families are all generous. They were all generous because they did it, because they had that experience and that opportunity. It was someone else's money, so it was a little easier to do, but now it's made them more, more generous about that. So, anybody else have an experience like that? Someone was generous? Maybe someone was generous to you? Ever know anybody that was generous to you? Steve, you ever know anybody that was generous to you? Yeah, What's that? We had several members uh, from Otter Creek, actually, since we were doing our work overseas that uh, set up funds for our kids so they could go to college. See? Wow. Wow, is that special? So looking for people. There was a book written many years ago, back in the uh, 80s or so. Ken Blanchard and Dr. Johnson wrote the book, uh, a One Minute Manager. Go around looking for somebody. Remember that? Go around looking for somebody, doing uh, good, and then recognizing them and all that. And so if we go around looking for people that we can be generous towards. And, uh, that, that was nice. So uh, I, I know a man in another congregation, um, the uh, a lot of times, uh, and Josh has three sons who'll be going to college someday, and a lot of times uh, uh, people on our staff, uh, Eric has kids you know, and all that uh, want to go to college, and it's a struggle for some of those families, and they don't make a lot of, lot of income and, and, and all. And I know a man in another congregation said, well, he's going to help the, the minister uh, put his, and he's going to put his kid through uh, Adelaide Christian. And to this day, that minister does not know that, and neither does that kid. Just did it anonymously. Obviously, he was generous. So, oh, I was going to give you another yeah. example. I, yeah. um, hearing you talk reminded me of a book that I read by uh, a guy named Adam Grant, who I think is uh, a, a professor at Wharton College. Okay. And it was called Give and Take uh, why, why Helping Others Drives Our Success. And one of the things that he talked about was a group, and I can't remember if it was a class or exactly what, but it was a group of people, uh, I think mostly business people that got together and basically if you came in and said I need this then the task of that class that group of people was that before you left the room that day you had that group had to figure out how to help you get that thing whether it was I need this to start a business or I need to meet this kind of person but I always, always thought that would be the most amazing Sunday school class. Yeah. That you know, if you had a group of people, somebody got up and said, I need this, whether it's I need to, somebody to teach my 13-year-old how to garden, or I need to figure out how to refinance my mortgage. Mm -hmm. That that group of people, there's somebody in that group of people that could help come up with a plan for that. Mm -hmm. uh, in November, Kevin and I actually were in a incredibly remote village called Setsima. It's a Mayan village in Guatemala. Uh, and we're doing a survey for a water project that we're planning to do in March. And uh, I got a call from my wife who was actually interviewing some of the villagers and a man in his 30s died from an impacted tooth because there's no, no government services, no anything and this this village actually they live on what they can grow in order to support their families 
but we went to the funeral and the amazing thing about it was was the entire village, which is about 700 people, and then the other villages surrounding brought food, brought money, in order to sustain this family who had lost the main worker in the family to sustain. And it was an amazing thing. I mean, actually, I mean, they sacrificed, because I doubt any of them have the full nutritional value of anything, but they were willing, they, and part of it was because they realized that tomorrow they could be in the same situation. And it was, uh, it was very humbling to watch. What's Acts 2 tell us about the first church, first Christians? What did they do with their, their things, their belongings? Sold everything. Yeah, sold them. They sold them all, and they gave them to those in need. Okay. Anybody else? Any comments? <laughs> Generosity. First Corinthians. Would someone read this? On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a plan, a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up as a budget, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve or designate, and send them with your gift for release to Jerusalem. This is what we do. You know, this is what we do. We plan, we budget, and, and uh, I guess all of us have budgets, right? We always encourage everybody to have uh, budgets uh, uh, and plan and designate. And what we're finding now is uh, people don't always plan. They may plan for retirement, but they don't plan post-retirement. So but we, we need to plan, to plan and designate it and, and release. And comments on this scripture? Any comments? Talk about the church, Otter Creek. Oh, this is uh, our, our information for our church family. We had $3,112,000 in contributions last year uh, this for, from Otter Creek. We have a debt. We still have debt. We still have debt um, of $1.4 million. And our plans are to pay off all of the rest of that debt by the end of this year. We're very close to that. We're getting very close to being able to do that. We do that in lots of different ways. We do that because we actually have taken a loan out and we're advertising that loan, so there's some every month goes to that front. We have, the, we have a capital program which we, uh, people pledged uh, money to pay down the debt. We still have that ongoing through that process. We take a little bit of money out of our operating uh, budget for the year and uh, to reach that level. And when we reach that level, that gives us a half a million dollars more to spend on ministry work this church family. So this family has that much, much more funds to be able to spend ministering to others with that. So comments on that? Gen very generous. Otter Creek is very generous. If, if we look at all the numbers, I'm a numbers guy, as Fred said, number, we look at all the numbers and compare them to other churches, this is a very generous, very generous church. We have the pledges in our building stories campaign, our capital campaign of 3.4 million. <coughs> Our pledge is outstanding. In other words, today we still have outstanding $844,000 in pledges. Uh, with this past year contributed of uh, $924,000 in, so that's $4 million in total contributions you know, for last year from this church family of 1,300, uh, close to 1,300 that, that meet and gather weekly here. So very generous. Um, 
especially with all the other good things that everyone does, all the other things that, that the church is involved in. Any comments on any of the numbers? <clears throat> questions? If you have any questions, say. Some of, how does, is, is Otter Creek generous? Way, it is very generous. I'm gonna list probably about 30, maybe 40, 30, 30 of the 50 or so, 50 plus ministries that uh, we have at Otter Creek. Uh, I'm gonna list about 30 of them here. These are all the ones, and they're not all inclusive, but I list a few of them. These are most of the ones that we contribute to financially, okay? So many of you contribute to youth encouragement services or Wayne Reed or Agape or the Tennessee Children's Home, but the church contributes to all of these every year. Most of these are monthly contributions to some of these. Um, I'm gonna list some more, more of them. Next Right Step, Meals on Wheels, Meals on Wheels, the abatements every uh, week, uh, many of you in here may be involved in that and distribute those meals. Jellicoe Mission Work to up uh, northeast. We have a mission work there, the well house, rooftop. And we also do benevolence within the community. Within, when people in need come, we work and help those people in need. Um, some of the foreign ones, Steve knows all of these. I don't even know some of these, exactly what some of these do. And it's not all inclusive. I've not listed every single one of them because I didn't know Steve was gonna be in here. He could have answered it. I don't, I don't know some of those. I, I can't even include them. I can say, what is this? So, in made in the streets, orphanage support, some of the mission work the church does. Also, internally, we provide funds for marriage and ministry, uh, a men's and a women's ministry. Chris is involved in part of the women's ministry, uh, children's, youth, adult counseling. Uh, counseling. <laughs> marriage is very, very important, one of the top priorities to the church family. And so we encourage counseling, and we assist in counseling, and we get people to the right counselors and all. Uh, and it doesn't have to be marriage, it can be financial or whatever, but counseling is very important part of the, the ministry uh, of, of Otter Creek. And then, of course, camp, one of the highlights of camp. Um, we went back to that verse we read, that Albert read a few minutes ago, planned, budgeted, designated, and release of the assets. Those are the things that, that we're doing. Other comments or stories about the way people do, maybe you do, or other people have planned, budgeted, designated, and released their funds and with joy other comments about that? <clears throat> Any other stories about people who've done that? I just remember when our daughter Melissa was part of the singles group here, just out of graduate school and, and all, and she would talk about how she would buy food or whatever with having the group over, and she said somehow there was always enough, always enough money that it didn't matter that she put out money to, for the group to feed them. She would somewhere get some extra the next week. So God always provided. And, and that was neat to hear that come from her. Yeah. <coughs> always provided. When, when Chris and I are first married, we tell to young Marys a lot. Uh, and, and we encourage them to, to give. We encourage them to give. And when Chris and I are first married, uh, we had to take wedding gifts back to get cash so we could go to the grocery store. We didn't have any money, not, nothing in our pockets. Uh, we, you did that too? You did that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked, we, we, and when we talked to young people, they said, yeah, we're, we're doing that, yeah, yeah. So we took the little trays and we, we 
Chris would find an apartment store that would take it back and give it $10, and we'd take it back and we'd go get the salt, sugar, bread, whatever we needed. We were actually thinking of getting married again. So that you could have enough money. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but we always encourage them to give, to give. And what we try to encourage them to do is to give whatever you think you can give, and then next year increase it by 1%, and next year increase it by one and a half, or two, or three, and keep going until you get to 10% and tithing of that. And then tithe to the church, and then go to 11%. And, and we try to encourage them to, to do those things, and uh, to, to uh, because it's really hard. It's struggling hard, very hard. And some, some of you may be in financial uh, strains at, at, at times. You know, but then we can, Chris and I would say, well, when we get to a point and we don't have that issue anymore, and we aren't trying to struggle to pay the bills uh, just to live our daily, then we want to give more. I mean, we want to give more. And so we do increase that. We've been increasing that all the way through our, throughout my 70 plus years. We've been actually increasing those to be able to do those things. So, other comments? There's, there's something that's nagging at me about this, and I want to try to figure out what it is. When, when, when you put this up here, are you talking about specifically in terms of for congregational giving like we're discussing yeah. or generosity in general? Well, okay, <clears throat> I'm talking about generosity in general. Okay. Okay, but we start with the family. Sure. I think we start with the family. And, and you know, we've had, we've had Chad Boyd and then and, uh, uh, Pat Bennett this morning and Pat's done a great job several years ago talking about to the family, but we're talking about general, really generosity in, ge in general. Okay. Because in, in general, I, I think what is up there is a good plan um, or is a good idea, um, but it also strikes me that sometimes generosity may be best when it threatens to exceed our budget. Good point. Very, very good. And, and I mean, so and, and so I like the idea of budgeting for generosity. Yeah. But I also know that the temptation with that is when something comes along that is not within the budget that you go, oh, I can't do that. And so I'm not. I'm, it's a good point. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not real comfortable with locking down generosity as being budgeted. Good point. Other people feel that way. To to build on that, I, I would say. <clears throat> The, <clears throat> sorry, the, the stories of generosity that I remember the most when, when, when we were raising funds to go move overseas and we, we wrote letters and talked to a lot of people. <clears throat> uh, there were uh, two families in particular who gave unplanned generosity, um, which, which I think is kind of the other side of the ledger from, from what you're right. saying is that is, is, uh, an unexpected, you know, the community chest, bank error in your favor, collect $200. Those things that happen to us, an unexpected bonus or something to that effect. And there were two families. One in particular said they got our funding request letter on the same day that he got an unexpected bonus from work, where his reaction when he got the bonus was, I, I don't know what I did to deserve this. I don't think this is ours. What should we do with it? And they opened up the next letter, and it was ours. And it just, you know, that, that answered that. It was yes. an unplanned yeah. generosity. And He's there, was, working. there was another family that was having a problem with the, the uh, with grappling with the, we're doing a great job on our 401k. Um, I'm maybe I'm not comfortable with that. They, they were having they were praying about that, and they said, you know what, we're just gonna 
we're, we're going to take that and, and move it over here. And you hear stories like that, and that's extremely humbling um, as, a, as, a recipient, as a recipient of generosity, when, when, when you're the recipient of un, unplanned generosity like that. Yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our lessons. God's telling us something, and, and, and those that give as well. I remember one time Chris's dad gave us, and he wasn't a big giver. Uh, he, for some, I don't remember why, but he gave us $100. He gave us $100. It was cash. He gave us cash. And right after he did that, I was saying within a day or so, a day or so we went to church with our kids in, uh, in uh, Dallas. And uh, a couple got up, and they were going on a mission trip. And they were going to go be missionaries. And I don't remember which country, but they were going to be missionaries in the country. They said they were, you know, raising funds to be able to do that. And uh, you know, Chris said, well, this hundred dollars right here. <laughs> and we gave, I think we gave $50. We gave them 50, half of that money we gave to them. And that was very similar. It just came in our pocket. And we said, we're in there. This is what we need to do. So, good point. One of the preachers at another church one time I heard him say, you know, I was right. I was paying my uh, uh, utilities, my house payment. And I was writing the checks out. And I was right on it. And you know, first of the month, and I'm making all these payments, and I looked at it, and I said, look at this. The last check I wrote was my contribution to church. They said, no, 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 no. Now on, it's the first one. First fruits, right? First fruits. Okay, first fruits. So he, he did that. And you all probably do that, but that was a, I, I thought through that and said, hmm, I think it's the last one I write. So, so yeah, first fruits. So, so what we did for the first time, I was teaching this class, okay, it's in, in the first time we've done this is we wrote a contribution that we normally write later in the year, we wrote it this week and gave it, gave it away this week. So write your letter. You think that's funny? I, no, I love that. I, I'm teaching the yeah. class. I got to do it, right? <laughs> I got I to be generous. So, so we did. We wrote, we wrote the thing and sent that off. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, generous. Uh, others, other comments. Thanks, Kevin, for sharing that. Yeah, oh. I think it's great to plan and to budget, but I think we also need to leave room for opportunities God puts directly in our path. Whether it's the woman in front of you at the grocery store who's putting things back because she obviously doesn't have the money and, and you can just cover that for her, or whether it's the family at the restaurant that's managing a lot of kids child and being able to bless them above and beyond, you know, outside of, you know, this is our 10%. Yeah. Some of you have probably gone to Walmart at Christmas time and seen the, the man with the bike and takes it back to layaway and gives him $20 at Walmart. And then the man back in line comes and says, uh, I'm going to pay for that man's bike. Other comments, other stories. Uh, when I would teach, uh, I don't teach often, uh, but when I would teach, uh, you know, my mother-in-law, when she was alive, she would always sit in the very back of the room. She'd sit in the very back of the room. And when she took her glasses off, then when I knew it was time to stop. <laughs> I don't really know. So I need a timekeeper on this. And, and uh, Coach Bennett is not in here. He's my timekeeper because I know he always watches the clock as the coach. Uh, so someone needs to watch and tell me. Uh, tell me. So. Generosity, a matter of the heart. A 
the matter of the heart. And how do we grow to be like Jesus? We're talking about faith. And, and uh, uh, Pat was talking, Pat in his prayer this morning talked about being generous and, and his giving, his offering prayer, about faith. faith. How does that work for you? We have faith in God when we give. I always think about, and I opened it up because I wanted to be reminded of Malachi 3 when Jesus, or God is telling them, you're robbing me. And he goes on, Malachi 3, 7 maybe, 8, it's verse 8. But you ask, how did he rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. And I think that's where our faith comes in. And God says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Mm -hmm. You won't even have room for all the blessings. You trust God. you know, I believe that that's not only true in generosity and giving, that's true in prayer. We need to trust God more often in the things. The most trustworthy people I know are missionaries, people that trust God and go off into the mission field. Years ago in San Antonio, we had a life group, uh, and there were two couples in there that have decided they're going to take their families, their young children, and with another couple that joined their life group, and they're going to go off to Brazil. And they're in uh, training, and with great continent, great cities, they're they're in training to go off to, to that. So that is a great trust. You have to really trust God that God's going to take care of you and watch over you and be with you. <clears throat> Other comments could be like Jesus. I, I don't think that necessarily means that we're not scared at times, right? Yeah. Um, I know in very hard times of our lives, we're scared, but God. I know you've got this, no matter what, and we'll get through it. But, you know, it's okay that when you're writing that check to say, wow, I mean, this is going to be hard. Yeah, yeah, because we worked for it. We worked hard for mm-hmm. it, uh, very hard for it. And we er- it was an earning that we, we got, and now releasing that, letting that go. It's hard. Other comments? But we've also learned that there's things we can do without that we don't have to have a, a meal out or mm-hmm. several meals out a week or, or whatever that Coke at the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and so it feels good to know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Starbucks. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It feels good to know that you've given up something so that that something worthwhile, somebody has been benefited from it. And I, I mean, I'll confess, there have been times I have been generous and it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. I think that's mm-hmm. my heart issue that I'm resolving with God. But I think it's okay. And I, and I remember telling my daughter this growing up, doing the right thing doesn't always feel good. So I think if I'm looking to feel good from it, that's not always... For me, it's not, and maybe that's just me being really screwed up. But um, I, you know, how the contributor sellers, and I've, I've thought of this as you've taught this whole thing. But I, I knew where one was, and I was, you know, fishing five dollars or two dollars out of my purse, whatever. And the spirit is just telling me twenty, 
And I'm arguing. I mean, I'm arguing with God. And I remember saying out loud, really? Really 20, God? And I'm getting closer, and God says 20, 20. And so I'm not happy, and it means I am going to have to do without. So I fold the 20 up because I'm kind of embarrassed it's that much, if that makes sense. And I fold it up because I don't want him to realize what I am giving him. But he knew. And he said, 20. And he said, yes, I knew God was going to do this. God knew I needed this. God told me he would do this today. And so I didn't walk away. I didn't drive away. Like, yes, Joni. I drove away just so humble that I was arguing, number one. But that God had prompted God had told this man, I don't know their communication, but yet God would have used somebody else. I know that. But it was like, man, he, that was my job for the day was to take care of whatever that need was. And, but I was arguing. <laughs> you know, I was like, really? Really? Right. Against the devil. Yes. I would also just caution because the way I grew up, um, there was always sort of this, this statement of, we have to be good stewards of our money and we have to make sure that what we give is going to be used adequately and used correctly and used et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of times we use that as an excuse not to give. Mm -hmm. Whereas our job is to give Amen. and let God figure out what, how, what they do with it. God's working on us to give, to give it, right? So one of the things that I've had, that I've been convicted of and one of the things that I've really had to struggle with is not necessarily, you know, it's just releasing. And not necessarily worrying about what I'm releasing to. My, my heart. My heart. Yeah. I mean, that's, when, when I was talking about the block, that's that's the mindset that I had to get past to be able to just, here's 10 bucks. Doesn't matter who it is, I got to give 10 bucks today. There it is. Go, take it. And, that's the obedience, though. Yeah. yeah. That's my yeah. obedience versus. Right, but I mean, but, but I so got often, you. Um, yeah. you know, you hear it in churches and you hear it every place, you know, around. It's like, oh, well, we can't just give our money to Anybody this homeless that person yeah. that's asking for it because what if they go use it to buy booze or drugs or whatever? And then, you, then you're not using your money wisely. You're not being a good steward. It's like, that part's between them and God. Yeah, My part between them and God is giving the money when I'm called to give. Well said. One of Chris's best friends told me the truth. Um. Um, she's now not homeless and uh, doing pretty well. In fact, I had a liver transplant last year. Uh, yes. Um, we had a lot of, is it time? Okay, get close. Faith, well, well two, a couple more points. Faith is what Fred led us through this week. We approved a budget at the church that 10% greater than last year's contribution. Now that is is based on faith. Okay. So uh, so we've even worked on on this ourselves as elders. Okay, faith. Stop me if you got comments. Love because we we love the family. We love others. We we love just people. We want to do something for loving for other people. For others out of love. We can grow to be like Jesus and be thankful to God. We thank God for what we have. It may be a little bit chilly in here, but it's still so much better than being outside or being on the street or being in a 
in another, sorry, in another country, which is not very comfortable sometimes, right? Uh, not that, to us and, uh, and all. But uh, being thankful to God. Okay. Josh is talking about Luke, and I don't know what he's going to talk about. Luke, I did, I did uh, read the Luke 1 through 4 that he's put on the front of the bulletin here. I did read that this morning um, before I came in to see what he's going to say today. But in Luke, uh, one of the themes of Luke is, uh, is uh, uh, the way we uh, use our money has eternal consequences is one of the themes of Luke. How we use our money is eternal consequences. You probably have seen George Goldman's uh, picture. <laughs> uh, okay, so is that that's one of my classic ones I love. You know the U-Haul back of the of the hearse. You just uh, and you probably have heard the story about the three guys and the guy says, okay, I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars. I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars. I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars. When I die, I want it back. To, you know, use it, grow it, make whatever you can out of the thing. The guy dies and. The one guy says, okay, throws in his $10 and gives it back, you know, and the guy in the graveside. The next guy throws the $10 back, and the other guy says, I hope you'll take my check. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that, honey. You don't like that joke. Uh, I didn't run that by Chris. For <laughs> but, but, you know, we're, not, we're born with absolutely nothing to us, you know. It's all, and we die. And so... Uh, so think about some of these things. If you other comments that you've got, any thoughts? One of my favorite stories coming out of the Gospels is Joseph of Arimathea, who gives up his tomb for Jesus. I mean, yeah. you talk about something unplanned, spontaneous, yeah. and yet the eternal consequences and actually the fulfillment of the prophecy. Fascinating. Oh, what a lesson. What a lesson. Here's a guy who actually did plan <laughs> for post retirement. <laughs> gave up and gave it up. Gave up his tomb. Thanks for your comments. Really helped the class. But before we go, let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, for for Jesus. And uh, we ask that you would help us to be like Jesus. The things that we would say, especially the things that we would do yeah, with the uh, the blessing that you've given us would be honor to honor and glorify you. Uh, be with us this week. Uh, use us to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.